Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Today, we're going to talk about what to look for when you're studying and exploring a brand new real estate market and the things you have to see by being there. Today on the Real Estate Guys. Hi, it's Robert Helms, and I've got great news. Three of my mentors are coming to the San Francisco Bay Area for an amazing live event, and you're invited. Join Donald Trump, Robert Kiyosaki, and Anthony Robbins live and in person at the National Achievers Congress, April 10th, 11th, and 12th in San Jose, California. Go to ctrumplive.com to reserve your seat. At this incredible event, you'll learn key principles and strategies from the living legends of success. Get your tickets today at ctrumplive.com. That's ctrumplive.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Joining me, our co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. How are you? Great. Well, we are traveling around the globe and in Atlanta, Georgia today. What a pretty place this is. It is a pretty place. You know, it's, I've been working with you over these years and had the privilege of traveling uh, all over the country, really in many places all over the world. It uh, always amazes me. Uh, how unique every place we go is and how much it has to offer. It's uh, always been a pleasure. You know, as a real estate investor, it's important that you understand a market. And the best way to understand a market is to go there, and yet you can't spend all your time uh, traipsing around the globe, well, unless you're us. Uh, but uh, for most folks, you know, it's uh, real estate is something you're doing on the side. You have a busy life. You've got a job. You want to invest in real estate and build up a portfolio and a stream of cash flow, but you have to understand how to do that. And, and we, we start with really your personal investment philosophy at the top of the board, if you will, personal investment philosophy drives who you are as an investor. Once you've figured that out, and we'll spend just a little bit of time on that today, uh, then you have to look at real estate markets. Depending on the type of investor you want to be, you're going to look at a different type of market. And once you've identified a few markets and compared those, you have to get into the market, meet a local team. Unless you live in the town that you're doing business in, you're probably going to have to get on a plane or get in a car or get on a train and head out and check it out and uh, then assemble a, a team. Now, there are some members of your team that can be close to you, but when we're talking about acquiring real estate, whether it's a long-term or uh, development or any type of real estate, you, you've got to get a, a local team that knows what they're doing. And then finally, once you've got a team in place, then and only then do you go after the property. And uh, we had a great time uh, this last weekend in Memphis, Tennessee with a uh, group of uh, investors who came out for a field trip. And we kind of talked through that. And I think that there were so many lessons there. Uh, we thought we'd talk about getting out and, and checking out real estate markets today. Yeah, I'm, to me, I just think that every market has its own personality. When I used to call on corporations in my corporate life, I would go out and I would walk into a building and I could feel the corporate culture, the way the employees felt. You know, we travel on different airlines and different airlines have different personalities. You can just pick it up from the time you check in to how the you know flight attendants deal with you when you have to call in and change a reservation or whatever. You can tell they have a personality. And, you know, if you've been a landlord for any length of time, you know that different demographics, even though you're not supposed to think that way, they have personalities, right? right? And especially if you own in different geographic regions, you really get begin to get a flavor for that. And so, you know, as you figured out your personal investment philosophy, not only are you working out what I want my portfolio to do for me financially, am I looking for a cash flow market, a market that has maybe good potential upside, a long-term supply-demand imbalance, you know, a really strong underpinning of an economy that is going to drive wages in the right direction, whether it's a manufacturing town or a service town, you know, the tax environment, the regulatory environment, you've got all of that. But you also have the people. And who do you want to be around? And who do you want to interact with? And, you know, you can pick up a lot of stuff long distance, especially these days in the age of the internet and being able to find all types of government stats and private research stats. But I think at the end of the day, what I've learned working with you over these years, Robert, is you've got to go into the market. And this weekend was just another reminder of that, uh, watching, watching the marketplace. Now, we had a really interesting opportunity because Russ and I uh, went to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, to do our scouting trip for upcoming field trip uh, to Atlanta. We've not done a field trip to Atlanta before, so before we decide we're going to bring a group of folks, we have to go and really understand the market. We've been doing homework on it for six or eight months here, but we finally had to come out and see it up close and personal. And from there, after spending a few days on the ground in Atlanta, went straight to Memphis and had our field trip, and that's a market that we know better than we do Atlanta. 
Uh, now we're back in Atlanta because this is just a market we're studying and want to understand it. And so having the comparison, looking uh, day by day, side by side, two different markets was quite interesting. Even though these markets are similar in a lot of ways, uh, there's big differences. And some of that you can figure out you're just doing your studying and uh, looking online and those things. But a lot of the feel of a market, you, you really can't figure that out unless you're there. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're cruising around and you walk into the stores or you look at the condition of the neighborhoods, you know, one of the things I always look for is just pride, community pride. Does a community care about itself? Because you know, there's there's communities, and you know, you just have to call it the way it is. There's communities that are angry. There's communities that feel like the world owes them something. There's communities that are bitter, and you know, it shows up. They vandalize their community. They don't take care of their vehicles. They don't take care of their yards. It's just apparent. And then you go into other communities where you know they may not be super affluent. But there's a sense of pride, and it shows up. You know, they don't trash their neighborhoods. They do take care of their stuff. There's not litter everywhere, and people are polite. You know, I love the South. The South is just a different personality. And again, you know, y you get to decide whether it's right or wrong, good or bad, and there's opportunity in every market. That's one of the other big lessons. You know, you can make money in any real estate market. So the, it really comes down to, you know, again, what do you want to do, and who do you want to do business with? That's a big part of it. And, you know, one of the we learned just a bunch of stuff this so week, and so we'll try to share uh, some of the nuggets uh, with you. Uh, but one of the things that, that really came clear to me as we were not only traipsing around Atlanta, learning the market for the first time, but also spending time in Memphis with the team that uh, we've put together there, sometimes having a great team can be even more important than finding a great market. You know, I'm in the middle of uh, reading The Midas Touch, the new book by Robert Kiyosaki and Donald Trump, and uh, one of the things that uh, Robert Kiyosaki is saying, which you've heard him say before, is you can't do a good deal with a bad partner. You've got to find the right people, and you can't overlook the shortcomings of someone who doesn't take your uh, position at heart, doesn't have integrity, doesn't have competence in their uh, field. And, and so finding the right team and the right partnership is huge. And looking around, comparing two markets side by side, you're saying, well, okay, what are the strengths of the market and what are the strengths of the team? Now, the great news as a real estate investor is you can find all of that uh, in, in plenty of markets. You can be in more than one real estate market. Having said that, I would warn folks uh, to not look at too many at once. I remember I was teaching college appraisal years ago, and I had one of my students come up, and she said, Robert, I'm, I'm researching 17 real estate markets across the United States. And I said, what a waste of time. And she looked at me. That wasn't the answer she was expecting. And I'm like, you know, that's that's too many, two or three by comparison. And, and that's easy to say from the front of the room at a college course, but it's what we've done in the, in the last five days is compared two markets side by side, and it's just reinforced to me how important it is that you have to get out and see the real estate you're investing in. Yeah, well, imagine trying to have a relationship with someone. You know, you see these dating services. I mean, even the internet dating sites. At some point, you have to actually meet the person. Right. You do have to just get face-to-face. -face, and there's just things that, you know, it's still a relationship business. Real estate, more than anything, is a relationship business. And you build relationships by spending time with people. And, you know, if you're going to build a relationship with the market, you need to spend time in the market. You know, I, I know because I used to buy stuff in markets where I didn't go and I trusted, you know, third parties and people that I trusted and they were good people. But, you know, I, I, I did myself a disservice. And ultimately, those investments didn't work out for me. And it was largely because I was lazy. I just thought that I could do it from a distance, you know. And, and you know, I think part of the, the reason for wanting to do this show today is just after coming off this experience is to reiterate to everybody, you know, how important it is. People look at us and go, God, you guys are on the road all the time, you know. And, and you do these little field trips with, you know, two dozen, three dozen people. Why do you do that? Well, I mean, we do it because it's fun. We do it because it's great to get a chance to meet the listeners and see where they're coming from. And a big part of the value add for us is we meet people from all over the country, in some cases all over the world, and we get their perspectives. Uh, you know, we have one particular gentleman that came to the Goals event and then came again to this uh, event. He's going to be coming on the summit, and he is active in a market that, you know, we would like to get to know better. And now we know somebody there. And that wasn't planned. It's just one of those things that happens. And you can't get lucky if you don't put yourself in a position to get lucky, if you know what I mean. So it's, uh, you got to get out there and, and, and circulate. So 
that for us is what a field trip's all about. And we continue to, to do those, you know, and, and even when we're doing it on our own, right? I mean, we do a lot of it just on our own without, without a group of investors, just us. I think another big reason that I enjoy continuing coming to Marketplace and learning is it keeps us real. It keeps us on the street, spending time with real investors and real providers. And uh, we have to kiss a lot of frogs, you know? We don't come into a real estate market and just say, oh yeah, let's get a bus full of people. And, uh, you know, our trips are a little bit different. They aren't designed to sell real estate. There's a lot of these you know, flying by bus trips that the whole purpose is to get people there to to buy something. And, and that's great. You've got to buy something, right? Eventually, you're going to have to invest in real estate if you want all the benefits of it. But for us, it's always about education. And you can you can say it, you can read it. But, but you know, it's like Robert Kiyosaki talks about the cone of learning. And things that you read or lectures that you hear are the least likely things for you to remember. As soon as it becomes something you experience, like he likes games and simulations and getting out and actually going through the, the motion of walking through an apartment building or looking in different neighborhoods, as soon as you get out and do it, it's anchored and you have a much better chance of retention and remembering it. Plus, you see it. Like, for instance, there's a principle in appraisal called conformity. And what it basically says is that in a neighborhood, the the more alike the homes are, the more they tend to hold their value. One of several premises of value in appraisal. So conformity says that, you know, looking at a neighborhood and a typical tract of homes where there's four floor plans and they're all built by the same builder at the same time, that's going to tend to hold its value differently than a neighborhood where you might see a wide variety of builders and sizes. So in one of the Memphis neighborhoods, one of the providers shared with us the idea of mansion shack apartment, mansion shack apartment. He said, this is an area of town where you're not going to see conformity. So that gave us a chance to talk in theory about conformity, but then actually see it in practice, a neighborhood that doesn't have that and what that feels like. Well, you know, and when you see that and you realize how, if you were even looking on a Google map as precise as that is, uh, the reality is, is, you know, you can, you can pinpoint a property and go, oh, this property is located right next to this property. Therefore, it should be worth a ton. It should be worth this. And it's way undervalued at the price I'm buying at. I'm getting a screaming deal. And then you go there and you realize that the way this neighborhood happens to be put together, uh, that property is not undervalued. It's overvalued and you're overpaying and you would never know it because you really don't understand the way that neighborhood is put together in certain communities. And of course, you know, these, this Memphis is put together that way, uh, really lend itself towards, um, you know, making those kind of mistakes if you're not careful. And that's why it's important to spend time in the marketplace with a local team that knows the geography. We're talking today about being there, getting out and kicking the dirt and what you can find out when you go to a real estate market. More when we come back. This is the Real Estate Guys radio program, and I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hi, this is Darren Hardy, publisher of Success Magazine, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Have you ever been frustrated with your bank? Denied a loan? Charged excessive fees? Hassled over late payments? Don't worry, you're not alone. What if you could become your own bank? Set your own terms? Interest would be paid to you. All your monthly payments could be reused for other purchases. Now you can there is a cash management system that families, business owners, and investors have used for decades, which allows you to be the bank. For a free article from our friends at Paradigm Life, visit www.beyourbank.com or call us at 1-888-510-6838, extension 116. Live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. Even better, invest where you have a solid team to support you. We've been hearing great things about Memphis, Tennessee, and Terry Kerr from Mid-South Homebuyers. Since 2002, Terry and his team have been delivering turnkey rental property solutions ideal for out-of-area real estate investors. So if you're looking for affordable, trouble-free, turnkey investment property, call Terry. Use our resource hotline at 888-510-6838, extension 118. That's 888-510-6838, extension 118. Or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, I'm Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Listen up. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Heard every weekend on this fine radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com, except when we're on airplanes and in hotels and in buses, where we spend a lot of our time because you've got to get out there and see the world. It's a big 
world. There's so much real estate potential and opportunity, but there's a big difference between the research you can do sitting at your desk and what you learn when you get out into a market. We've just had a chance to spend uh, some time in a couple of different real estate markets, and it's been great. You know, one of the things that uh, we always do is we want to know what the drivers are in a community, and uh, we don't just want to read the stats. We want to go see what the deal is. So great uh, example, this uh, last weekend, we were able to drive by one of the brand new plants. This is a, a Nike plant, one of four in Memphis. That That's called a clue, right? And and see the plant and see the area it's in, the housing around it, where these thousands of jobs, the people that work there, where they're actually going to live, the communities they're going to be in, and then the considerations they would make. How close do they need to be to work? We looked at some suburban areas where there wasn't much in terms of direct jobs. There were service jobs and support jobs, and we saw some of that. But the whole premise, uh, according to the folks in the market there, was, hey, this is an area where people like to get away from downtown or get away from the manufacturing zone, and uh, they'll drive 20, 25, 30 minutes uh, in a commute to be in a nicer neighborhood. Okay, so you got to always think about who your who your customer is, and getting a chance to see through the eyes of your potential tenant is uh, is a very strong way to understand a market. Yeah, I think one of the things that was really interesting to me was looking at the big Nike plant, looking at the big Hewlett Packard plant, and you think, uh, you know, manufacturing. Those are manufacturing companies; right. they make products. And, you know, you get nervous about manufacturing because so much manufacturing has moved offshore. How stable are those jobs? But these weren't manufacturing. These were distribution. And we've been spending a lot of time just talking about that. But, you know, it's very impressive when you actually go into the market and see the infrastructure that supports that type of business because the products might be made overseas. But they're being shipped into the United States, and they're being distributed throughout the United States. And Memphis, uh, like Atlanta, like Dallas, are distribution hubs. It's where product comes in and then uh, dissipates throughout the market. And you have to say, well, how stable are those jobs? How often are those packages going to be passing through that town? I mean, you know, there's some great technology, but you need people to handle those boxes. Those are great blue-collar jobs. Guys that are packaging, guys that are shipping, guys that are unloading, guys that are loading, guys that are counting. I mean, all of those great blue-collar jobs, uh, and it really lends itself towards an area which is, you know, on the lower end of the income, lower end of the price scale. But, you know, at the end of the day, for example, in Memphis, when you do the math, the numbers work out great. Well, that's true, and and that's always what drives somebody being interested in a market is what's my return going to be, what's the performance going to be. But you have to understand that what where the rubber meets the road is where some real human being gets up every day and goes to work and works hard for somebody else and brings home their paycheck and part of it goes to pay their rent which goes to you to pay your mortgage and your taxes and your expenses and hopefully a little more besides and it's a great relationship you know we really looked through the eyes of who's the tenant and and what are they wanting in, in property we had a great chance to walk through kind of a c-class apartment uh, project which you know you don't usually get a chance to do because the the units aren't uh, are often full and and so on, but uh, one of the guys came with us uh, on the trip who owns several apartment buildings. We got to walk through and he told the story of what it was like, what the property was like, showed us pictures before so we could see the work that had been done, and then we got to walk through and see it. I mean, talk about a, a clinic in C-class rehab uh, up close and personal. There's no way you could get that on the internet. Right. You know, what struck me was just that low income in some places doesn't mean low class. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's just the personality of the marketplace. There's some places where if you're in the low income areas, you're buying properties that are dilapidated. You're you're serving a demographic that is not going to take good care of your property. It isn't, again, that you can't make money there. A lot of people make money in that space. It, it isn't necessarily a rule of thumb that says, hey, if this person's low income, therefore they're going to be high maintenance. And that's not necessarily true. And again, this was just a reminder of that. And how do you figure that out, really, where you really trust? You have to see. It was great being able to actually walk through those properties, meet some of the people, the residents that live there, and look at the little clues. You know, you look at, you look at the, uh, I look at cars. You know, if people are taking care of their cars, they probably tend to take care of the other things in their lives, like their home. If they don't, then they don't, you know, and there's that. And then, you you know, you look at the neighborhood. Is it is it all graffitied up? Is there trash everywhere? Or are they taking care of it? And that's, 
you know, you can look at that at the macro, like we talked about earlier, uh, you know, an overall community, but then you get all the way down to a specific neighborhood. And again, some neighborhoods do, some neighborhoods don't. It isn't like every neighborhood we went to was nice uh, or clean. Uh, there were some that were really bad. And it, you, you can kind of begin to see the people who are behaving in one way versus the people who are behaving a different way. And it gives you an idea where you want to be in terms of your specific investment. All real estate is local, and that's one of the great points that uh, you bring up. You've got to go and see the differences. Your local provider, your real estate brokers, property managers in a marketplace, they're going to know. They're going to say, oh, you don't want to be on that side of the railroad tracks. You want to be on this side of the railroad tracks, and here's why. Well, you know what? All, all the research online in the world is probably not going to give you that information until you get out there. Several instances of that in both Atlanta and Memphis this week is we're walking around with, with folks that know the market well and point things out to us. and you know, here we are, the real estate guys, and we know a bit about real estate, but we certainly don't know anywhere near as much as these folks do about their local market. And you don't have to learn everything about the local market. What you have to do is learn a little bit and then find folks that demonstrate their knowledge and their uh, experience in, in a marketplace. That's really the, the key. And the other thing is, you know, we, we talked with a couple of the uh, providers, we call them, folks that provide services to real estate investors who have had people from, you know, other states and even other countries buy over the phone, never come to the market, just buy the property sight unseen. And okay, that's great. And if you were lucky enough to get a great team, that might work out for you. But when you come and not only see the market, but meet the people right. and get to interact with them and see how they interact with tenants. I remember we were there uh, the first trip to, to Memphis. We went to look at a house uh, with Terry Kerr. And you probably heard Terry on our on our show. He uh, has a turnkey business in Memphis. And he was taking us out to see the before house. Now, a quick aside, on this trip, we actually got to see the after house. So that was awesome. We had gone through and videoed this this house right after they took it over in terrible, terrible shape. And now it is, is brand spanking, sparkly, beautiful, new. And we got to walk through it. But anyway, we walk uh, up to this house and they've just done the, the big move out where they take all the junk that's left by the tenant and just pile it up in the, in the yard. And this is our first day with this guy. He, As we're getting out and setting up our video camera, uh, he walks over to the neighbor, sees a lady outside watering her lawn, and introduces himself and just says, hey, just so you know, we're going to have all this move today. Don't think that this is, you know, we just bought this house and we're going to have all this moved. I thought, wow, I just learned a ton about that guy just watching how he behaved. Yeah, and again, you know, you talk about wanting to go into the marketplace and get to know the market, but to your point, Robert, getting a chance to get to know the team and build a relationship with them, I would make the argument that people who come on a trip like we do or come out to visit uh, on their own and spend a day or two or three with a group of people uh, have a better quality of relationship uh, for their long-term business relationship. And at the end of the day uh, and at the beginning of the day and every step in between, this is a relationship business. And, you know, we say that all the time and it's just so funny, you know, to watch people uh, who the way they conduct their business and they say they understand relationships and they do silly things that undermine relationships, you know, that say, hey, it's all about me. It isn't about you. And, you know, we spend a lot of time um, coaching people on both sides of how, how to work better together uh, because we want to see people be successful. The providers have to be successful. You know, if you don't, can't have your guy going out of business, you can't have your guy not able to invest in his business. You know, we, we for example, we we're talking to guys that had just upgraded their software programs. They just spent you know, $20,000 on more software to be able to provide better customer service. Well, you can't do that. You know, if your if your customers are, are nickel and diming you down and you're just barely scraping by and, and you know, you have to want to see your people, your tenants be successful. You got to see want to see your team be successful and then you want to hope they want to see you be successful. And I, you know, I'm a big believer kind of in that energy that you get, you know, when you're when you're the type of person that's going into a situation saying, hey, I want to add value to everybody's here. I want everybody to go, hey, I want to do business with that guy again. Uh, you know, that's that's the way you want to do it. And and a big part of that laying a foundation is spending time face to face, you know, going out and having lunch together and and uh, having a cup of coffee together, having a beer together, whatever, and, and finding out who, who, who are you as a human being and what's your life all about and how does what you do serve your life and how can I help you build a better life by taking care of this one component of your life. You know, it really is a chance to turn theory into reality. So, for instance, in, in the field trip in Memphis, the very first night, uh, the economic director of the Memphis Chamber of Commerce came out and did a talk to the group to show them what was happening in the town. And I'll tell you what, that's one of the underutilized resources, the local Chamber of Commerce. Now, if you just fly into town on your own, you're probably not going to sit for an hour with the economic director of the chamber. That's not what I'm saying. But uh, you, you definitely can get information 
location. They'll have it available when you go into their offices. Many of the local chambers have great stuff that they put together for companies considering relocating. And here's what the chamber knows. They know who's thinking about coming to town. And uh, some of that information they can't disclose, but you're going to know sooner if you're in touch with the chamber. So Friday night, uh, Mr. Strickland comes out and he teaches us of what's happening in the marketplace. And and uh, we did it strategically. So we learned that for the first night. And then we went out and looked for evidence of that happening. The things that he said, we could go out and actually see and touch in the marketplace. And and one of the things for us, you know, we conduct a field trip. We tell people, we're going to look at probably less houses and apartments than you think. We're not here to look at property because property is just one of the things. I mean, yeah, of course we're going to look at properties. We're going to look at before, during, and after. We're going to look at different neighborhoods. But mostly what I'm interested in is the marketplace. What are the drivers? Where are the jobs? Are people coming into the market? Are they leaving? Are they solid jobs? Are they temporary jobs? You know, we look at up in the Bakken, right? Here's all these new jobs being created, but are they going to last? Well, we had some uh, chance to spend uh, some time with uh, some oil and gas guys who are up there in that business. And uh, in fact, we'll uh, have a show with them coming up because it was really interesting uh, learning about that. But we got some real insight into the long-term durability of those jobs, not just the fact that there's an amazing hiring frenzy and truck drivers are being paid more than $100,000 a year right now, but what that's going to look like over the next 5, 10, 20 years. And you really don't have an appreciation of that unless you are talking to the people that are really doing the thing. Absolutely. You know, that's huge. And then in that particular case, it's inside knowledge. So, you know, we have a guy on the trip who he's kind of a statistician. He's a guy that studies stats and puts up, uh, you know, the statistics and, you know, you look at them and the numbers tell a story. Yeah. And he had a chart up there and it was the first time I'd seen the chart. And I noticed that they had 11% employment growth in Construction. construction and mining. And I thought, construction and mining. Well, mining is interesting to me, and I didn't really get the answer on that, so I can't comment on that right now. But, you know, mining indicates the the pulling out of the ground resources. Well, that's interesting because right now that's very important. I mean, if you've got natural resources in an area, like we're talking about oil in the Bakken or, you know, you got uh, aluminum, which is a big industry in Australia. Uh, they export a lot to China. Uh, oil and gas in Texas, of course. Then you're going to have jobs that are going to be linked to that specific activity. But the thing that I really noticed in the presentation uh, in the statistic was 11% growth in construction. Well, it's sure not single-family homes. Right. You know, they're not building apartments there. Well, you know, apartments are easier to get funded. Nobody's building single-family homes. So the question is, what are they building? And being able to get that question answered, we could clearly see that they were expanding the freeway infrastructure. It was one of the first things we noticed when we landed, which, you know, again, is a clue. If the, if, if the people who are in charge of that have decided more people are coming and not less and we need to expand our transportation infrastructure, uh, that's a really big clue. But then uh, what Ryan said was that they are building manufacturing plants. They've just landed a couple of big manufacturing companies that are built, coming into town and building new plants. And those manufacturing jobs haven't shown up, but the construction construction jobs that are ahead of those manufacturing jobs have showed up. And that was really, really interesting to me. Yeah, so you, that's the exact example of looking at the statistic and then getting into the market to see it up front. And we, we see that all the time when we get out into marketplaces. You know, we do some some preliminary research before we go, and we know what kind of the big stories are, who the big employers are, what the industries are. But then you got to get there. You know, here in Atlanta, you can stand down at, in the park and look around and see Fortune 500 company logo after logo after logo and, and pretty quickly get a clear idea of who's in this marketplace and, and why. And I'm sure you could read a list somewhere, and but it's not the same as looking at the buildings. It's not the same as talking to people that work there. One of the keys, and we'll talk about this when we come back, is how do I find out the local information once I'm in a market? So we'll spend some time on that because it's one of the things that uh, we've learned over the years. And we'll talk more about being there, getting into a market to really understand it. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We'll play Real Estate Trivia when we come back. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Are you ready to take your real estate investing to a whole new level? 
Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Join the Real Estate Guys for the 10th Annual Investor Summit. It's part education, part inspiration, part transformation, and a whole lot of fun. And it takes place in four different countries. Returning this year are Rich Dad Advisors Ken McElroy and Wayne Palmer, international developer Beth Clifford, attorney Mauricio Rauld, and the godfather of real estate, Bob Helms. Plus, joining us for the first time, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, live and in person. It all begins March 30th, 2012 in Orlando. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click on the tab that says Summit to learn more. The Investor Summit always sells out, so reserve your spot today. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit or call 888-GUYSRADIO to talk with our Summit Specialist. That's 888-489-7723. 888-GUYSRADIO. Spend a week with the Real Estate Guys, the Kiyosakis, and an all-star faculty on the 10th Annual Investor Summit. Hey, Russ, we need a catchy ad for David Campbell's hassle-free cash flow properties in Dallas. How about nobody does Dallas like David? Uh, no. Okay, so what makes David's deal so great? Well, first they're in Dallas. It's a great market with strong drivers. Dallas is a great market. Plus, they're brand new, no deferred maintenance, a builder's home warranty, and lots of landlord-friendly features. Go on. David's offering a two-year rent guarantee. That means hassle-free cash flow from day one, guaranteed for two full years. Wow. How do I get in on this? Even that's hassle-free. Just send an email to hasslefree at realestateguysradio.com. Now, what about the ad? A deal this good doesn't need an ad. Just an email to hasslefree at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program, the number one downloaded podcast on real estate. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We're talking about what to look for in a new real estate market and uh, what you can learn by actually being there. Before we get back to the show, it's time to play real estate trivia, your chance to win a prize. By knowing today's real estate trivia question, it has something to do with real estate. And if you're able to answer it quickly, you just might win an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, our book on real estate investing. We're going to ask a trivia question as soon as you think you know the answer. Quickly send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. That's trivia at realestateguysradio.com. The first person with the right answer will win a copy of the book and then we'll take all the correct guesses for the week and draw a second name so that if you're listening on the podcast, you still have a chance to win. But you've got to get your entry in before next week's program. Last week on The Real Estate Guys, we had attorney Garrett Sutton with us and we asked, what ocean or the Maldives in? Well, the answer is the Indian Ocean. The Maldives, of course, an island nation in the Indian Ocean formed by a double chain of 26 atolls. There you have it. All right, here's our trivia question for this week. Since we're talking about traveling around and we're doing a lot of that this week, I want to know this. What two cities are connected by the busiest international airline route? Yep, flights between these two international cities are the busiest route there is for airlines. Name those two cities. If you know what they are or want to take a guess, quickly send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to include your name and physical mailing address so we can send you a copy of Equity Happens if you're the winner. That is today's Real Estate Trivia Question. We're talking today about getting in and seeing a real estate market up close and personal, and there's lots of things that you want to understand. One of my favorite things to do in a marketplace, whether I'm there by myself or with a group, is just talk to the folks, talk to local people. You can learn so much. Now, it's just anecdotal, and then your job is to research it and find out why. But when you talk to the regular people in a community, it's huge. And one of the recommendations I have is don't don't stay at an airport hotel and, and go to the lobby. Who's there, all people who are conventions and traveling and all that. Get as off the beaten path as you can. Uh, get local. I think that makes a, a ton of sense. We always choose, for example, restaurants that I call local color. I don't want to go to a chain restaurant if I can avoid it, unless it's a local chain. I want to get in and see what the region and the area has to offer and meet some real people. Yeah, you know, one of the things I love to do is talk to the cab drivers, the shuttle bus drivers, the hotel uh, staff, the restaurants, the the waiters, and so on. Because, you know, a lot of these, these are working class folks. These are the people who are your prospective tenants. And you ask them, you know, how's the real estate market? I asked this one guy, how's the real estate market? Oh, not good. Well, how so? Well, prices are really low. Oh, okay. Well, how's the rental market? Oh, not good. Really? How so? Uh, the rents are getting high. 
Oh, and hard to find a place. Oh, that's interesting. You know, right. I mean, bad to him and uh, not great for us. Yeah, it was just you know, it's interesting. And of course, he doesn't have an axe to grind in the conversation. He, I mean, he didn't even know who I was or why I was there or what we were doing. He asked me afterwards, but he'd already given me the information. And even if even if he knew on the front end, he really doesn't have an agenda. He's just a guy. And, you know, that's great. And, and, you know, if that ends up being consistent with what you're learning from the people who are there who do have a business agenda with you, then that tells you something about them and their integrity and the, uh, the veracity of the information that you've got. Uh, and, and really, that's what it's all about. Due diligence is all about that. A lot of people think due diligence is a big paperwork full of documentation and file. You know, I thought that coming out of a, uh, a, the background in mortgage, you know, where, where, you know, underwriting was documenting everything. But, I mean, look at all the documentation that ended up in loans that blew up because nobody looked the guy in the eye and said, hey, can you afford this? Right. You know what I mean? It's just still, it's just getting down back to the basics of common sense and, and, and talking to people and, and, you know, trusting your gut to a degree, knowing what to look for, knowing what the clues look like. And again, you learn by going from place to place and having points of reference. The paper is simply to verify the reality. You know, I think a lot of real estate investors get all caught up in that side of market analysis and due diligence and charts and graphs. And you, you need that as a start. But I remember when I used to teach appraisal, I would spend a whole evening, three hours, looking at just one page of the URAR, the Uniform Residential uh, Appraisal Report. And there's a ton of information. And we would go through that report. These people that haven't probably read an appraisal before. And in that three hours, these people would know no more about the neighborhood and what it felt like and the types of properties just from going through it. But then the big connection is now to go out and see that. And so one of the things we would do is a field trip. And it had to be optional because in uh, college you don't, you can't uh, enforce people to, to go out. But I'd get good participation in going out and seeing a property that was actually one of the appraisal uh, subject uh, properties. And uh, it, it's astounding how much you can see. So you've, you've got to do that depending on who you are. Now, you know what? If you're the underwriter in a loan file, maybe not as important. I would argue that somebody better go see the property. That's why they have the process of appraisal and so on. But you as a real estate investor, getting back to the fact that it is the market ahead of the property, you've really got to understand who your tenant is and what's going to happen when this tenant moves out. So a lot of the properties we saw in Memphis were properties that are, you know, they call turnkey, where someone will come in and they'll fix, they'll buy the property, they'll fix it up, they'll make it really nice, bring a tenant in, and then it, it, they hand it over to you already tenanted, which is great. And that's awesome that you have a tenant in place, you know how much they're paying, but I'm much more concerned in the next tenant. If this guy happens to move out, who's the tenant after that and the tenant after that? And where do they work and who are they? And it's interesting just comparing, say, these two markets. So spend a few days in Atlanta, spend a few days in Memphis. One of the big differences between these markets is the airports. The airport in Memphis is fairly small, yet next door, the FedEx airport is gigantic. There's way more FedEx planes than there are passenger planes, so that's interesting. Then you come to Atlanta, the busiest airport in the country, completely different. And yet when you think about the markets, this is Atlanta where we are today is definitely a traveler's market. There are bigger companies here. There are conventions here. There are reasons that people that live here get on airplanes and fly, whereas a lot of the people who live in Memphis don't travel nearly as much. Those blue-collar jobs you were talking about, Russ, those aren't people that are out traveling every week. Sure, there's some executives in the companies that may, but the vast majority of folks in that marketplace aren't travelers. I'm sure if we looked up statistics on the average number of days a Memphian versus a Georgian travel, we'd, we'd see that. But you can come here, and by just watching the airport, you can get that. Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, we always talk about is we first meet the people as they've come in, and they've come in from all over the place, you know, and, and if you're not used to doing it, you don't know to do it. But we ask them, when, when did you start studying the market? You know, hopefully they've read some articles. You can set a Google News alert and begin reading the headlines about the market and the announcements of the employment or the layoff or the economic conditions or whatever's going on, uh, the political environment. You can read some of that, what's going on. Um, you know, when you come into the airport, you're on the plane and you can talk to the flight attendants. You can talk to the person next to you and find out, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask is, you know, are you heading out or are you coming home? And then, you know, that segues into who are you and what do you do and why are you coming or leaving? And, you know, you they want to know the same thing about you. And it usually will strike up a conversation. What I'm looking for is just clues about their perceptions of the market and what's going on. And, you know, I like to know what it, where kind of in the social strata they are. 
because you know they're going to have an opinion again you know you get the working class person who has the opinion about pricing and rents and the condition of the market and it's based on their perspective if all i heard was oh it's bad well i didn't hear the whole story i need to know their perspective and you know you you may end up sitting next you never know in an airport you maybe end up sitting next to the ceo or a hiring manager or a site location person uh sometimes you have some information because you've been studying the market to share and they're interested and so it starts there starts in the cab ride on the way over it starts with the people you know with the activity you see to your point robert in the airport when you're driving from the airport to the hotel do you see construction activity do you see traffic congestion do you see uh the quality of the cars the demographics of the people who are in the vehicles i mean it's just for the whole time it's just a constant process of absorbing knowledge and it's a lot of it's anecdotal because you're you're in the market for the anecdotal information you know the worst thing in the world it just cracks me up you, you know we, we hand out these big binders with all this information people sit there and they read the binder which is great if they're reading it for the standpoint of hey i want to look at this so i can interpret what i'm seeing but you don't want to not see what's going on around you so that you can read a binder that you can take home afterwards yeah, one of the things we always say is to look out the window, right? We put a lot of miles on the bus as we're driving around and seeing neighborhoods and, and areas. And you got to stop and look. And every now and then there'll be someone who's there texting away. It's like you're, you're missing the stuff you need to see. I want to not only know what the drivers are in a market, I want to see them. Uh, you, so you tell me their jobs. Great. Let's go find those plants. Let's go see what they look like. Let's go see where they are. What things can we glean from that? And when you start to see the way that businesses and industries work together, and Memphis is a great example because the big story in town, the biggest employer there is Federal Express. And the, it's not just about moving packages from A to B. There are companies that strategically locate in Memphis or in Atlanta near UPS to be close to those shipping centers and to understand that it's like wow okay I get that from a from a philosophical point of view but then when I go look at the companies and say wow okay so the medical device company is there right across the parking lot from FedEx and they've got a, a system to get their product out into people's hands super super quick and back super super quick uh, that makes a ton of sense and and that lets you start to understand how the components of a community are connected and then okay those people are there those are those are the jobs why are they going to stay? When are they going to stay? Well, how likely are those jobs to, to move? And so you can work all through that, but, but until you're standing there watching it, you really don't understand it. I think that that's a really important point with respect to the synergies between companies. That's part of the infrastructure. You know, we look at education infrastructure, the size of the labor pool, you know, so are is there a mechanism for the people who are there to get educated? Uh, and, and that creates a certain type of demographic. In some cases, like we're talking about, you know, really material handlers, which is how I started my career in corporate America as a material handler. You uh, still handle a lot of material. I still handle a lot of material. Um, you know, it's really not a skilled labor thing. Uh, you know, you, the schooling is probably less important. Um, but still, it, you know, that that's one of the things you look for, a, a synergy, if you will, in a marketplace. And companies will locate in an area because they want to be near a labor pool and they want to be near an educational infrastructure to, that's pulling people in and uh, educating them and preparing them to go to work. But there's companies that locate next to each other because they're there. Silicon Valley is a market like that. You know, Silicon Valley overcomes a lot of disadvantages, you know, in the cost of living and the difficulty doing business in California. But it overcomes a lot of that because there's so much intellectual infrastructure there that companies want to be near each other in that space. And that, you know, even though the manufacturing gets outsourced now, a lot of the software development gets outsourced, there's still a lot of the research and development, the marketing and some of that stuff that goes on. And people, they want to be near each other uh, because, again, it's about being there. You know, that's you, you, how many times you hear about this. I mean, you know, when I'm out and about in Silicon Valley, it's not unusual to overhear these conversations with these entrepreneurs talking about their business models over drinks or over lunch. And, you know, you, you just can't do that if you're not there. Those things just don't happen. The water cooler conversations don't happen if you're not sharing office space together. You know, and you look at those two markets, uh, just, you know, saying, well, okay, well, this part of the South versus uh, Silicon Valley, totally different markets and, and completely different drivers. But that's where it comes back to your personal investment philosophy. What are you after? If what you are looking for is low-priced, high-cash-flow properties, Silicon Valley is not where you're looking, right? That's not what that market offers to a, a real estate investor, right? A lot of people are, are interested in, in cash flow today, and so we've got uh, field trips to big cash flow markets because there's a lot to, to learn. 
learn. But it's not the only way to invest in real estate, right? There's lots of different opportunity. My point today, I think the biggest thing is just you, you have to get out from behind your desk and you have to get out in the world to really see it. We're talking about getting into a market and checking it out. And uh, we come back, we'll tell you about some of the places we're going in case they match your investment philosophy. Plus, more from the Real Estate Guys when we return. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hi, this is Lawrence Yuan, Chief Economist with National Association of Realtors, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. If you're like me and thousands of others, you know that The Real Estate Guys radio show is a great source for quality content about investing in real estate. But did you know that they also have a book? I just finished reading their book, Equity Happens, and I was blown away by how much I learned. If you're ready to create sustainable wealth through real estate, you need to get Equity Happens. You'll learn, just as I did, about what it takes to prosper in the real estate industry. So don't wait. Make equity happen to you. Order your copy today at equityhappens.com. As investors survey the country for markets and properties that will perform well for them over the next five to ten years, one market in particular stands out. That's Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta was the second fastest growing MSA throughout the last decade. It's home to the world's busiest airport and has one of the highest concentrations of Fortune 500 companies in the country. Atlanta is expected to add 100,000 new people every year for the next 10 years, and just next year alone, Atlanta is predicted to add over 50,000 new jobs. Now, what if I told you you could buy fully renovated, leased, and cash-flowing investment properties in this market for half of replacement cost? That's right, three- and four-bedroom homes in good suburban neighborhoods that can be purchased completely renovated for seventy dollars to $90,000. At Georgia Residential Partners, this is exactly what we do. We've been helping investors all over the country make solid real estate purchases in Atlanta for almost seven years. Call us today at 770-924-5450 or check us out online at gainvesting.com. Hello, I'm Herman Cain, and you're listening to the Dynamic Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We are talking today about getting into a market and checking it out. Hey, there's still time to join us on our 10th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. Come cruise with the Real Estate Guys and Robert and Kim Kiyosaki and a whole host of amazing faculty. We'd love to have you join us, but you got to hurry because there aren't too many spaces left. Go to our website at realestateguysradio.com and click on Summit to learn more. You know, one of the things uh, that we are able to do by getting out uh, into the marketplace is introduce people to markets. And it's interesting as, as you're learning, we had people this weekend who were definitely in Memphis to learn about Memphis because they wanted to buy property there. But there were other people who were just coming to learn how to look at a real estate market, which is another key. Yeah, we I mean, we get people and obviously we're one of them that go from market to market. And again, it, it gives you that kind of frame of reference. It's important to begin to get that. And, you know, you don't you, you have the reference from whatever market you came from. And hopefully you go back into the market that you came from, maybe with a new set of eyes. That's one of the benefits of doing a, an activity like this. Because when you go back to your own market, you start looking at it like you were a visitor. I mean, from the time now you're on the airplane coming in, you can actually begin to have those very same conversations you would have in the airport, in the uh, in the market that you were exploring. And you're, you come back to your home market, the one you think you know. And you begin to ask some of those same questions. You begin to look for some of those same clues. And it's always funny because, you know, some of the things that come up like people are concerned, oh, crime, right? But they've never looked at the crime statistics in their own town. Right. And sometimes people come to an area and they go, oh, I'm concerned about the crime here. And then you, they go back and they realize the crime in their own hometown is worse than the crime in the place that they were concerned about. Yeah. And it's just because what are you used to? It's like, oh, everything's so terrible. There's there's one carjacking or there's there's one theft. And now that, oh, that's all that market's about. But that's why you got to get there and, and check it out. Talk to local property managers. Property managers that deal with tenants every day are a great resource to understanding who the people are that live there and work there. In any business, if you really want to know what's going on in your business, you talk to the people who are closest to the customer. Yep. And when you're in the landlording business and you're going to make your profits and you're going to you know, make your fortune um, having people pay you rent to live in your properties, then uh, the closer you can get to those people, uh, the more you're going to understand who your target customer is and how to build and buy a product that they're going to want to rent and get your unfair share. Because, you know, we talked about that also, just the whole concept of vacancy. And we contrasted these two apartment buildings right next to each other. A guy comes in from out of town, buys a mismanaged apartment building, fixes it up, 
and starts attracting tenants from the adjacent apartment building. And so if you were to go into that town and say, just just look at those two properties and say, well, what's the average vacancy? Right. Okay, well, the one guy is pretty full and the other gal is pretty empty. And you can see, well, the average is whatever. You know, the average is somewhere in between that. Neither one is experiencing the average. Yeah. It's just like when you go into a room and, you know, you add everybody's weight up and divide it by the number of people. Probably nobody in the room actually weighs that. That's nobody's actual experience. It's just a number. And so the property manager is your key to making sure that what you have is going to be the, you know, your property is going to be the one that is above the average, you know, the one that everybody wants to be. And, you know, really, it's just like any business. It's just, it's not that complicated if you just pay attention to the details of what's important. And what's important is knowing your customer, knowing what they're willing to pay and delivering it to them in a way that you have an edge against the competition. And most people, uh, especially in this business for whatever, just tend to be a little lazy in that area. And it's a great opportunity for people that are going to pay attention and be diligent to come in, have a competitive edge in the market and get their unfair share, if you will, of the the customers. We also broke a lot of paradigms this weekend, which is always fun. You know, you don't look at a real estate market through your eyes. That's what we keep saying. You got to look through the tenant's eyes. We had a couple people on the bus go, "Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't live here." Well, well, you don't have to live here. You're not planning to live here. Are you are you moving to Memphis? Is there any reason for you to be here? Or you want a job with Nike or FedEx? No, right? So that's not the criteria. It doesn't matter if you'd want to live there. And yet, people who don't know any better judge that way. We had an interesting discussion about who takes better care of a house: an investor who owns it or an owner occupant. Now, your basic principle might be, oh, well, an owner's always going to take better care. Tell you what, driving around, most of the dilapidated houses we saw were owner-occupants. Taking out all the foreclosures, not even considering that part of it, if the bank owned it, whatever. But just the houses that were in the worst state generally were owned and many times without a mortgage. Folks who are investors, whose business it is to own and manage property often have the better property in the neighborhoods we're talking about. That's a paradigm breaker for some people. So until you get out and kick the dirt, you're not really going to see that. Uh, We've got uh, an opportunity for you to come on some field trips. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to meet you. And uh, happy to show you some marketplaces. It certainly is a shortcut. But any market you go into, uh, you want to make sure you're talking to people, you're getting around, you plan your trip, and that you're looking for not just the house and the property, but the drivers in a marketplace. We're going to head to Dallas, Texas in May. We're going to head to Atlanta, Georgia in June. We're going to head back to Memphis, Tennessee in September. All that information on our website at realestateguysradio.com under events. Hey, big thanks to all the folks that came out and joined us in uh, Memphis, Tennessee last weekend. A lot of fun getting to meet listeners and hearing the stories and and, uh, all getting educated uh, together. Thanks to the folks in our resource center for helping making our show possible. And thanks to you, our listener. Tell a friend about the Real Estate Guys radio program. Until next week, go make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers. Low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Texas Investor Homes. Discover high-yield, low-risk, double-digit cash on cash returns through interim construction funding. Hassle-free cash flow investing, creating cash flow opportunities for real estate investors with brand new single family homes in Dallas, Texas. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys radio show.